0: The dawn of civilization, Primitive. (laughs)
1: Dangerous. (laughs) Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The
0: most civilised
1: caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look, he's come out of his cave.
0: Hey, hi. It's Raymond speaking. Whereabouts are you guys? Uh, I'm on the West Coast, and uh, Brendan over here is on the East Coast of the US. Okay, cool. Well, I'm in London, so, um... Uh, And it's fucking snowing and freezing, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's snowing
1: here in um, New England. Is it? Uh, Yeah. I actually, um, so I usually have Tuesdays all by myself. My son is in kindergarten and usually goes to school. Right. Um, But because of the snow, they cancelled school, so he's doing home learning today. Uh, so
0: that must be that must be kind of challenging. I do. I mean, here. I mean, schools have been closed for ages because of the pandemic. But I really feel for people who've got like maybe three kids under the age of ten, and they've been homeschooling them for like. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a challenge. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, it, I, I but it's 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 a very challenging set of circumstances for everybody, particularly for those with the young ones. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I got I got two kids. So my youngest is in daycare, so they didn't cancel daycare today, which is great. But I feel like they it only started snowing like an hour ago, and their school day started at nine o'clock. So I'm like kind of mad that they like wasted you know all of our day, um, you know, just yeah, being home. But I mean it is nice because now I don't have to like leave the house to go pick them up at the bus stop or anything. But yeah, you know,
0: yeah, you know. yeah. Well, my my uh, my youngest one is he's just turned twenty, and he's down at he's in university in his second year of university down in Bristol, which is in the West Country here. And I mean, my heart goes out to him uh, because, I mean, I didn't go to university. I left school when I was sixteen. But you know, people I know who went to university, yeah, obviously, it's all about learning. But all the other stuff, you know, they're living independently on their own for the first time, and they should be. You know, apart from doing lectures, you know, he likes playing actually American football, football as you call it, okay. soccer, and Thanks. you know all the things that young people should be doing going to parties, raves, club, you know, gigs, uh, festivals, house parties—and none of that shit's happening. So, you know, I know it's challenging for everybody, but particularly th- I feel sorry because they're missing out on all that kind of goofing around, being a student shit, you know, that other people yeah, well, it's it's, it's important kind of
1: like, man you know you, yeah. you meet so many important people in those like times of your lives you know like i have a, I, uh, yeah, yeah. a like a, a you know a best friend that i didn't go to middle school with or high school with but then i started hanging out with people outside of you know out of the. it just it makes so much sense dude you got to be able to like live and party and, and have some fun yeah you know? and,
0: and, and, it, and it's obviously is about learning but you're you get educated by your peers, you know, your peer group kind of, you know, and just, you know, how to be in society and stuff, I suppose. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, now we're going to have a whole bunch of socially awkward uh, generation, you know what I mean? Like, How how are you guys going to, you know, make friends and stuff? And they're like, I don't know, like go on Google. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything's virtual, you know? Yeah. So like these people that are learning this kind of way, are going to definitely definitely be awkward socialites when they're older, you
0: know? <laughs> yes. Certainly things are going to be different. How are you guys actually dealing with this generally,
2: the whole, the last year of sort of pandemic shit? So for me, it's been, I'm actually going through the green card process. I'm from uh, Australia slash New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, I chose the worst time in history to immigrate um, yeah. during a global pandemic. Um, so i have just, I haven't been able to work since last February, which has been driving me um, somewhat crazy, yeah. just being trapped in the house with uh, no work to do. So I've just been keeping busy with the music websites and um, i I'm just doing an internship type thing, whatever I can to keep myself sane, because yeah. um, I, I haven't been to work since February last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Um, yeah. But, yeah.
1: I've had a similar kind of experience. I was working, I was a chef and then uh, I got laid off in um, July. And that's actually when I met up with James, um, surfing. So I've had all this time on the internet, you know. So I was like, oh, shit, what am I doing, you know? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I basically was, you know, been laid off just hanging out with the kids, doing the homeschool stuff while they're homeschooling. And then um, I actually just started a job uh, three weeks ago um as a brewer so oh cool <laughs> it's been a lot of fun yeah Learning brewer. How...
0: do you do you have a do you have a big interest in brewing then
1: yeah so I've been doing it as a hobby for the last eight years doing home brewing cool. you know like yeah just making five gallon batches of, of brew yeah and then um essentially you know it's just I was you know been laid off so I've just been really trying to be picky and choosy about what I do next and I saw that this person was uh looking for a brewer at for their brew pub mm. and I was like all right well I mean I know all the basics like let me uh figure this out like let's see what's up and then uh he interviewed me and ended up hiring me so it worked out pretty well that, you, you know? know that
0: sounds like a pretty fucking good result if you don't mind me saying that. I mean basically <laughs> when you're when your hobby becomes your job. I mean, that's like, yeah. that's like being a musician, man. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right, exactly, you know? Like, well, because there's true passion there, yeah. you know? So like, you know, because I'm, I'm spending my free time, you know, doing research, making up a recipe, or, you know, um, just experimenting with different hops and different grain um, grains, you know? Just literally just trying different stuff all the time. And then, um, you know, so like I said, I got all the basics down, but, you know, I was making five-gallon batches, you know, of beer, where now I'm making 200-gallon batches of beer, you know? So, that's brilliant. I
0: mean, and the way you uh, describe that sounds exactly what it's like when people are writing songs. They're just trying different things with different ingredients. And...
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it, well, it's all about, you know, being a creator, right? Yeah. You know, that's what it's kind of what it's all about. You just. Use what works, tweak what could have maybe been a little better,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I get you. So tell me, so as you guys are really interested in music, have okay, so this has been going on for about a year, no touring and stuff. Has there been a flood of, so people aren't touring, so most of the time they're just sitting around and they're able to record. Has there been a Mm -hmm. a marked increase in musical output from the artists you guys like?
2: One, Um, 100%. Yeah. we um <laughs> we keep saying like it's just it's too much music since uh pandemic started to even keep up with. Yeah. Um, right. Band, bands that were churning out like maybe an album every two years have put out like two albums during that period in some yeah. cases. Um it's great. For us it's been really good because we only started this website uh last right. June uh using all of the free time we had we're getting about maybe fifty to seventy emails a week from bands. Uh, labels and PR firms which is kind of crazy. No,
0: that's good. That's yeah, good. That's good. I mean let's just it's just the, the hope that the quality stays high. <laughs> the, the
1: quality stays yeah. high. Well you <laughs> know with some money. some bands you'll get like, you know, they're they're just churning out stuff just because they can. And then you mm-hmm. have a lot of bands that are like, you know, like Beastmaker uh just released an album of stuff that he was like, you know what? This stuff is from 2014, and it never made it anywhere. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was like, or, like, a couple of the songs, he was like, you know what? I actually just forgot to put this on one of the EPs. Yeah. So uh, he put out an album with stuff that was just, you know, kind of lost and forgotten, you know, and, like, tweaked that, you know? So it's, like, it's really cool. You're starting to see people, like, churn out, like, stuff that they had planned before and didn't quite get it into fruitation, and now it's all... Starting to pop up, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah
2: there's a lot of um, re-releases as well. So like stuff that uh, from back catalogs that's so being re-released through new labels with extra tracks. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. So that's a big thing. I'm seeing a lot of. Um, I guess, yeah. Like, the spare time to, if you want... to get it out there.
1: Yeah, especially if you want like a physical copy of something too. You know, it's really cool. You're like, you know what? Yeah. I missed this like ten years ago or. Ten years ago, like I didn't even really know about this band, but now I want to find their old albums. And now you can't. And but now that like with these re-releases, yep. it's it's making it a lot accessible, a lot more
2: accessible. Yeah, That's a lot of stuff's cool. coming to um, coming to cassette, which I noticed like a lot of stuff that was released on CD maybe like ten years ago is now getting its first ever like cassette. So released. tell are yeah. you guys,
0: are you guys of an age where you can remember cassettes when it was pretty much the only currency to get recorded music on and stuff, or record music? I do,
1: yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm 37. Okay. So you know, I'm born in the the early 80s, and you um, can remember cassettes. Had you can remember cassettes. So many cassettes. I remember cassettes. I remember my first car had a CD player and a. Oh, that's player. really
2: fancy. And what about you, James? Can you, can you remember them? I'm 29, but see, it was kind of like when I was got into music um, was when cassettes were on the way out completely. So I still had a bunch of cassettes. Right. But they were kind of being phased out at that time. We still had one or two cars, I think, that had cassette players, though, um, from my memory. Jesus,
0: man, it all started on cassettes for me, cracking up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I had so many, like, I had my dad's, like, uh, tapes. I had, like, you know, my grandma gave me tapes, all that stuff. Like, I actually, I was trying to find some old tapes that I had, and apparently I don't have them anymore. Um, But, like, I used to have all kinds of, like, you know, that classic hip-hop stuff, yeah. like, um, just, oh, it was ridiculous. I, I had, like, Kid and Play, I had, you know, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and all that stuff, like, or, I'm sorry, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh oh, okay. Prince, you know? Um, you know, that kind of fun, like, kind of kid stuff, you know yeah. what I mean, in yeah. a way, and, like, I uh, had, like, Old Testament um, tapes and just, wild old stuff dude that like mozart and whatnot just because that's how everybody was listening to yeah music. Was yeah tapes, you
0: know absolutely i mean i remember some of them, i never had one some of my friends had um eight track tapes in an eight track tape they're like giant cassettes they look a lot I, my, my father used to have one yeah
1: um and then uh my grandmother uh when she was around still she had the uh old beta player oh yeah So it was like you had to watch a movie on, like, a huge floppy disk (laughs) that was, like, you know, two feet wide, you know. (laughs) It put it into a a thing to watch, like, Winnie the Pooh or something, you know.
2: know?
0: (laughs) Genius. So talking of actual physical releases and stuff, have you guys seen or have you got the recent Pig CD or any of the old Pig CDs? Or has you just heard it, like, via
2: streaming? Only via stream right. unfortunately.
1: So, yeah, I, uh, um, I actually, I, I found out about you through James. Um, and then um, I guess somebody had posted, um, maybe on your end, you know, it was like shared like our review or something like that. And I was just like, oh, man, I got to check this out. Yeah, because like it's not normally my my main kind of squeeze for as far as music goes. But like I grew up with like your style of music, you know, like, i um, definitely very familiar with it, and um, but like your actual music, I only listened to about three or four days ago. I listened to your newest album, and then I listened to, uh, forgive me, I can't remember the name of it. i got to get on my computer to remember that. Um, James, you sent it to me. I don't know if you remember it. But... Uh, I sent
2: you Pain is God, and yeah. I think I sent you uh, Genuine American Monster. Sorry, was...
1: Yeah, that was the one from um, 2005. Yeah, Pigmaster yeah, pig was
0: the last one yeah. that I sort of did before I stopped for a long time. The, what people, I mean, I'd sort of, I was done by the time we got to Pigmaster, and I took took a long, long break from doing Pig, and um, it didn't feel. I thought I was just done with it. It wasn't supposed to be a break. It was just I was done with it. Um, and the ones that people. The people will, I mean, Pigmata is is a bit of a fuck up in terms of the mixing and the mastering. The ones you need to check out, the old classics are like Wrecked and Sensation and No One Gets Out They're Alive and those ones. Mm-hmm. But they're not on the streaming services apart from maybe iTunes, I heard you can get them on. It's quite, it's almost willfully obscure, some of the Pigback catalog, it's very difficult to get. Um, but we are thinking of, we reissued Wrecked on vinyl which was one that, no, it wasn't the one that Nothing put out. It was uh, That was a, a, JV, a Wax Tracks one. But sort of some of the old ones, they are going to be reissued and remastered, maybe with a couple of bonus tracks. And we've done one of them so far, but only on vinyl. Um, but there is this, this idea of sort of collating it and getting it all together, because it's so fucking difficult to get. And the, the, the back catalogue of Pig is really mm-hmm. quite, it's quite a sort of tortured, twisted path and difficult to track down. Which I think some people's attraction to some people, yeah. but, but there you go. And how did you get on with Pain is God? Yeah. I uh, I like oh, it. Sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. Hello? Oh yeah. sorry, I think okay. the connection dropped out. Um, oh no, we're good, we're good, we're I'm good a... now. <laughs> um, yeah, personally, I really liked it. I uh, I I'm familiar with your work for quite a while, especially the stuff you do with KM okay. KMFDM. Um, I've known those but, guys
1: forever, you know. So I was like, kind of like, wait, how did I miss that these guys did stuff together, you know? Like,
2: but I, don't I, I really like paying attention. I really liked your album. Um, the two that I really liked from your backlog was Sensation and okay. Praise the Lord. I'm um, big fans of those. I hadn't really heard the middle career stuff like that. But the stuff you're talking about, before, like Big Mata and General American Monster, I only listened to those recently for the first time. But yeah, didn't hear older stuff. Cool.
1: Yeah, Pig Motto was, I listened to actually this morning. And then, um, uh, what was it? Pain is God. I've listened to that like three okay. times already. It's, it's good. I like it. It's good. Yeah, I've listened to that about 10 times now,
2: I think, in total. Thank it's you. Great. Thank album. Really glad to...
1: Yeah. It reminds me of like, like that real, like 90s, like throwback, but with like, it's fresh though. You know what I mean? Like, right. I thought I was listening to Nine Inch Nails. And then I was like, wait, who is this woman singing? Like, this is not as dark as I thought it was going to be. But then it was like, you know, with the the lyrical content and all that, it's like, well, this is this is really fucking good, dude, you know?
0: Yeah, Michelle's uh she's, uh she's a great singer, and it's great to have her on this record. But I've always been into that thing of um, trying to marry kind of quite – Really strong women vocals, female vocals in with the kind of the pig lyrics. And going back to my stuff with KMFDM, like Duke Joint Jezebel and stuff, I was really keen to get Jennifer in to sing on the, the vocals. and But we, we worked really well together building up the the harmonies and the chorus of Duke Joint Jezebel back in the day. And um, I had a couple of great singers working with Pig in the mid-90s as well. Really, really like fantastic women Vocalists who had Carol Ann Reynolds was one, um, and just it just brings an extra texture and and, a, and just...
1: well, it's like it's, it's it's nice, you know, it's refreshing, but it's also like it's yeah,
0: powerful it's super too, super powerful, <laughs> super super powerful. And Michelle, the girl who's been singing all over, um, pain is God, um, has. She's just got like this fantastic texture. She can give it like both barrels, but she's also got a kind of a slightly more held back texture as well. And so it's it's not all about kind of both barrels blazing. Um, and, it, and it just rich it kind of enriches the, the tone and the, the sound of the whole thing. I really like it.
1: Yeah, it, it came together outright or it was put together really well. It came cool. out really well, you know? Um, at least from my perspective and like I said, I don't normally, like, I love that kind of music, but I just don't normally listen to it all the time. So when I heard it, I was just like, oh, this is a treat, you know? This isn't, like, some generic kind of industrial music. Like, this is, like, this has got its own kind of,
0: um, like, uniqueness. Yeah, it, it doesn't really fit into I kind of just consider it, like, like electronic rock music. Uh, it's I don't know what this industrial tag is yeah. anymore, and I don't know why.
1: There are some... Uh, real good some some real good guitar solos in there too you know like yeah a lot of stuff. i was like whoa where is this coming from this is well, awesome i know? was
0: like um ns who's one of the also one of the founder members of kmfdm with me and sasha kanetsko ns is is part of pig and he played a lot of the guitar solos but steve white did the majority of the guitar work and steve was with pig in the 90s when I was very, very busy with, with Pig, but also some of my Japanese projects as well. He worked on with me, um, Shaft and Shrine, which were Japanese projects I did over there in Tokyo. And uh, Steve then spent the last, the next 15 years with KMFVM, and now he's back in the trenches doing doing the the Pig stuff, and it's great to be working with him again. So yeah, it's a sort of a kind of full circle thing, working with NSH again, and working with Steve again, it's um, it's like the train is on the rails.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that Schwein project. Um, Just one and one remix that. album. That's what I thought. Like the only final. It was called like Schweinstein yeah. The album was called Schweinstein, like that, right?
0: and the remix album was called Son of Schweinstein. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've only heard about two or three tracks from that project. But it was really cool stuff. I had like um. What I remember it had, was part of it was in Japanese or had like a Japanese yeah, feel it, to it. Um, yeah, it
0: was done with. Uh, or, or so I...
2: basically, I, well, I did. I had a, I had a, a
0: really strong relationship with they and our, our guy in, in Japan in the early '90s, and he took me. For, I was with his label Alpha, and then JVC Victor, and then I think that was BMG, the Schwein one. I can't remember, but um I did a, a, a project with a couple of Japanese guys called Shaft, and then after that, I did Schwein. Japanese guys, Imai Hisashi and Atsushi Sakurai, and Sasha Konietzko, he was involved in it as well, in the recording of it. Uh, so it, the idea was that we'd have like 10 tracks or whatever, and there would be Japanese versions for the Japanese market, and then we would, I would sing them, as, do versions in English for the US market. And... Time ran out. I mean, I must say there was a lot of farting around in the studio going on, which kind of I found a bit frustrating and it ate up all the time. So we didn't really have time to really give birth to the project the way it was intended. The way I conceived it was like, fine, there'd be Japanese version and and an English version. And... Time ran away from us, and then I had to go back to the States to do shit with KMFDM or pig stuff. I can't remember. And so, really, we only gave birth to the, the Japanese version, but there are some English vocals on there as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. Is that one of those ones that's also kind of hard to find, or is that something I, can, you can like, pick even up somewhere? Stream that.
0: I, I'm really not too sure. Um, I can't answer. Actually, I've never looked.
2: <laughs> I don't really stream. It. <laughs> I know, no worries <laughs> I know KMFDM have pretty much everything they ever put out on um, streaming services like, I, at, I just had looked this morning and pretty much their entire catalogue is on right.
0: Spotify yeah I, I, I wouldn't know. maybe probably
2: I'll trust you <laughs> <laughs> I mean for Brendan and I we mostly use Bandcamp because um, this is a good way to actually like, purchase the albums yeah. and, and that sort of thing but I mean, you can't really run a music site without having Spotify. <laughs> a lot of bands don't go on um, Bandcamp of Fortune, so I think there's a massive loss on their part. Well, that's everyone makes I, their own sort of music. Am I right? They distribute. You can listen to the stuff to your heart's
0: content, but you can also buy it there and then if you want and download it or get the CD delivered or the vinyl delivered to your house, right?
2: yeah Uh, sort of there is a limit to how many times you can listen to on some bands because so they can place a limit um that you can have to buy it once you've heard a certain number of times um some people don't put that on but yeah you can purchase it at any time digitally and then they also sell like um physical copies on there plus merchandise so it's it's a much more artist friendly uh site i guess
1: i think i got probably Three on uh, my third play of um Pain is God I think it asked me to uh oh, okay. Oh, I didn't it. know it did Oh okay. I
0: thought you'd be able to just listen to it endlessly. I shouldn't have asked them if that...
1: you can. Uh so what it does is like Bandcamp does this thing where it says like um it is time to open your wallet. <laughs> and then um it's a, you can do a, an email link and it is like send me an email link or it says no thanks. And if you do no thanks, it shows you this little heart that breaks in half and like kind of crumbles and <laughs> then you're like, ah, man, I, I feel like a dick, but like, I can't just buy every yeah, piece yeah. Of music I want. I mean, I have a huge, like, um, I don't even know what it's up to at this point and it's only been a couple of days and it's changed. Um, I have an extensive um, band right. camp wish list um i have oh yeah so 1217 right now is in my wish list um and then i have 561 in my collection of like you know albums eps i try not to just do like a single song just because um but
2: uh, yeah yeah i got a lot of a lot of little little things in here so um you're saying you don't really stream too much. Um listening to music. Well, what's your
0: I for I, n- I have now succumbed to Spotify and I listen to you know, I just listen to all sorts of weird shit on there. I can pretty much find anything, I think. Um uh yeah, that's, so that's how I listen to stuff. I don't actually listen to CDs anymore, although I like to have them. Um And, and I've I sort of like yeah. everybody, I've kind of like quite got back into vinyl. That's why we make kind of quite a big production about the the pig vinyls that that we do. We always put a couple of extra tracks on and make the artwork, a bit of a production. So my American Metropolis, they're very happy to do CDs and stuff. They don't like doing vinyls because I will be going, I don't know if you've seen the vinyl of Pain is God, but it's like a pop-up, like a pop-up book when you open the gatefold. Yeah, I so see that. The great thing <laughs> is all, yeah. that um, yeah, Metropolis cool. are very happy to do my vinyl with another label and I'm lucky enough to work with Armalite who are based here in London and literally I can think okay I'll be literally I I can call them up and say look I've got this idea and I want it to be like a pop-up book and you so you open the thing and then we'll do this and then we'll have two download cards and there'll be one for pain one for god we'll have the code on we'll do 16 but like a pop-up with a little stained glass window with a little plastic gel so the light comes through it around the pig logo and of course, most labels would go as Metropolis would, and they admit they go. We're not fucking doing that. That costs a fortune. Right nightmare. Armalite, are I'm great because they go. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking crazy, right? And what about this? And they then add extra toppings to it, um, and um, <laughs> and then, and and it's and so it's great. So yes, they are kind of expensive, and they're bespoke, and they're super limited. People seem to like them, and they're great fun to make even though they're quite a lot of blood sweat and toil and tears um and, and it's great fun i mean i did yeah. a, a, a couple of years ago i did a covers album a double covers album called candy and the vinyl of that i wanted a again armolite were great and they ran with it and so the the pig logo was like a die cut thing so whatever slides in behind it becomes the texture of the logo so we did ones with fur in there, I did oh, sandpaper, cool. we did stripes like candy paper in pink and white, g- yellow and white, green and white. So everyone was unique. Um, and and of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. And before that, with the Risen album had like a, you know, a lenticular image. It's like a 3D postcard. So that when you tilt it one way, you get one image, you tilt it the other way, you get another image. And that was stuck on the front of it. So luckily, it's great to have Armalite there who go, who are really into these crazy kind of productions in terms of the vinyl and Metropolis in the States who churn out the CDs. I mean, they're still really nice things to have as well, of course. But yeah, so that, that's the way we roll in Pig. Right. And it's, uh, luck, I'm lucky to have people who are into covering both bases, you know.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's, the vinyl collection uh, boom has like, I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon either, you know, like, I've got friends that have been collecting vinyl for years, you know, like um, I've got friends that had just started, you know, and they have really good and really cool, unique vinyls, you know, like whether it's a, a splattered color edition or just a plain color edition, or, you know, like this one came with a poster, you know, like I think people really, really love like those little like knickknacks and extra things that, you know, go with it, you know, and it's something that is like, Hey, you know what? I only had, there's only like 30 of these things available and I have one, mm. you know? So yeah. it, it's, it's real cool to see like, you know, cause like people, um, you know, like I like to hold and physically see it and look at it, especially while I'm listening, you know, to something like back in the day when I was doing way more CDs um, mm-hmm. or even when I had a vinyl player, um, you know, I was like, just sitting down with the copy of it, reading through yeah. the uh, lyrics if they were there, you know, reading through all the honorable mentions. Oh, yeah, just it makes it more of a kind of an all
0: developing then... experience, mm-hmm. doesn't it? If you can listen to the shit and actually hold something in your hands that has been conceived by the, um, by the the people who made it, the artist, it it creates more of a direct connection, I think. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it, I think it's Especially... like,
1: oh, Sorry. Uh, go, go ahead. Sorry. Uh no, I was gonna say it's especially with like, you know, um people that are like really big fans, you know, that are like, you know, hey, I wanna opt and buy like the, the, the colored version of this versus like, you know, the plain black vinyl where I can still get the same music, I can still get the same um, you know, like album cover, but you know, it's I, I spent a little more extra money to get like this little variant
2: that's like you know, yeah. no, not yeah. everyone
1: else is going to
2: have. I think like there's a lot more that you can do on a DIY level with vinyl as well. while so yeah. you have like one of those bands doing their own pressings and stuff. Um, and there's such limited run batches that then, you're right, there's yeah. a sort of collectible nature to it. Um, we, we had a guest on a little while ago, um, a guy called Jim from Australia who runs his own label. And him and his uh, bandmate who run it actually have a screen printing background. So Great. they actually by hand make all of their vinyls. Um cases and they, they screen print them individually each one so everyone's very slightly different to the yeah. last so like, It says like takes weeks to do it but you know for them it's, it's pretty cool and for people to get it yes. this, it's such a cool thing to own
1: yeah they physically made it it wasn't like a big distribution center or a big you know like yeah it definitely makes it um you know it makes it personable too you know like yeah like, dude like these guys these artists like put their you know hard work into making the music and then they probably sweat onto my cover of this album <laughs> you know like yeah. it's, it's cool or like you know what the glue is starting to come off maybe i'll help fix it you know <laughs> like <laughs> anything like that yeah. it's really cool man it's really cool to see i
2: uh, saw so, um band is now doing a vinyl pressing service that they started this year as well
1: i hadn't noticed so, uh, that i i gotta check that out
2: are they only just announced? apparently they started it last year with a really limited batch of artists that they had selected to try it. Okay. Um, and now it's becoming sort of really available. So you pay like a service. Yeah, fee, I want to uh, say.
1: Sleep or High and Fire did it because I honestly, now that you say that, I saw they're like, hey, the Bandcamp version of this album is out. You know, um, and I was yeah, like, I think that's what it is. Whoa, it's that's kind of cool. cool. You know, yeah, I I want to say it was High and Fire. I don't know, it could have been Sleep. I just know they did a repress of like Holy Mountain or something like that.
2: I think that's going to help a lot of smaller artists sort of get to the service of having a press. Because I think a lot of people I've spoken to, like I don't even know where to go to get that process started. I was going to ask what your latest album um, I was talking about Pain is God. It's it's really different, completely sort of musical direction from everything else you've done Um, with Peg. What made you sort of change styles that much uh, with the new release. Well what inspired the That's interesting the old...
0: that you think it's completely different. Um not completely sorry, I should put it
2: very not completely different. It's just uh well, very different. I mean, since uh, okay, so, I, so the
0: last thing I did before I stopped was this sort of much more rock album called Pigmata And then I stopped for like over 10 years. And then the first one I did when I came back. I mean, I did a couple of things, little sort of EPs with various bands. I did one called Long in the Tooth with a band called Primitive Race, and, which is an EP, and a thing with Mark Heal from Cubanate. Um, but the first peak album that was called The Gospel, and I co-wrote that a lot of it with Zmar from Combi Christ and Mark Gemini, Gemini Thwaite, who's been in millions of bands. So he's, he's quite well known for being Peter Murphy's guitarist, um, as well as lots of other things. Uh, that was a bit more songy, and then Risen was more collaborative as well, This is a little bit more self-penned. Pain has got a little... There are a couple of co-writes on there. There's one on Friar. And there's, I think there's three co-writes on there. I'm not too sure. It's probably more self-penned. So to some people, it might sound a little bit more like, not unadulterated pig, but more like the raw essence of pig, which is a little bit eclectic. There's a slight... I mean, I like to use orchestral sounds and a little bit of Latin, maybe, a, you know, but I still like Hell for Leather crunching guitars as well. But um, mm-hmm. so in, 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 that is if, if there was one overreaching sort of thing I could say, so it, it, it basically it's a little bit more me at the controls, I think, is the only way I can put it. Does that make sense? All right. Okay. Okay. Um, whereas the the albums yeah, back in the point. '90s were very much me at the controls. I mean, there were there were there was like a, a co-write here and there, but it was pretty much all me, myself and I, stuck in a studio for months and months and months with huge piles of drugs, getting really, really into a sort of like you know just me digging, digging deeper into myself with a kind of unrelenting fervor, sort of fervor to see, see where it would go. Whereas now I, instead of looking down now, I sort of started looking in a bit more, but still with a really strong and shakeable faith into myself. Instead of just going down, I was looking more in, if that makes any sense. And without too kind of fucking arty about it, but without... Yeah. Or analytical about it. It's just been, there is a, it's still pig, but there's always a slight, you know, you know, a stri- slight shift in the compass of where the ship's going to head. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but I'm really, I am really the thing right. that's changed is yes. that I, it was very much me, myself and I. And then I'd have Steve there who was great in the trenches back in the nineties at adding amazing textures with his guitar, but. It was still not really collaborative this has become much more collaborative now so i'm not such a control freak as i used to be um so when i worked with steve i was like no play that no play that no pinch that harmonic no t- t- play that chord t- 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 t-. so I was, I was quite sort of manic in my like eh. you know everything was extremely neurotically hands-on now i will send things to send tracks to NS in Berlin or whoever Steve in Seattle or whoever's working and I kind of just wait to see what they come back with um and I'm not nearly so controlling and therefore you get a slightly different flavor and it's much more fun for everybody as well so I'm not <laughs> leaning over their shoulders going no no do it like this I'll do it like this I'll do it like that <laughs>
1: yeah well i mean as like you know you're a solo artist mainly right so you do want to have all that control over what you're you're, you what you want you know like um but i definitely think too that like you know when you have people that you're working with they're like wait a minute man like i'm I'm here to help you know (laughs) that's like this it's i'm sure it was a nice relief to be like you know your buddy steve to be like listen listen i uh you just sent me this, we're going to make it happen, it's going to be
0: great, and yeah, you know, I mean, as far as I can hear, it came out great. <laughs> it is. It's always the yeah. same, but it's always slightly different, and I still want Pig to contain all the charms of being in a sealed container with a rabbit suited pit bull, you know, um, so that you you kind of go, oh, my God. Yeah, it might look nice, but this there's this inside it, you know. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, the, yeah. the, the main thing is I really – and also with the visual stuff with Pig, I'm really lucky to work with people who I can just literally bat a few ideas around. I say, well, I'm thinking of this and da, 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 like Gabrielle, who does loads of my videos and she works with me. And I'll just kind of go, well, I was thinking this. And she'd go, oh, no, but oh, what about this? And I go, oh, that sounds great. And she's off and running with it. There's a lot more collaboration now, which is it's also a bit of a relief. So I don't, I'm not so neurotic and I can be quite surprised by what people come up with as well, and just go, oh wow, yeah, you've taken this, but you've taken it further. That's the great thing about collaboration is that you end up with things that are, yeah. where the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, not just me seeing the, bo- the boundaries of it mm-hmm. and making up, everything is filled up to the fence. Now, like, you open the gate and then hopefully it goes a little bit further. Do you know what I mean? You You give something to somebody and they run further mm-hmm. than you thought they were going to, and that's great, and then you end up where, It's like really surprising and can be great. I mean, it can be a car wreck, but mainly it's luckily it's, um, and it's the for me, honestly, I really, the reason why I came back to doing pig is because I just never thought, you know, I never thought I'd pick up the bat and run with it again, is as long as it's, it's, it's fun to do. And I mean that in the most, the most simple, Sort of definition of the word. I mean, we were talking about cassettes earlier, right? We were talking about cassette recorders, weren't we? And when I started off in the 70s doing music, I mean, I wasn't doing music. We had a tiny little cassette recorder and it was the early 70s. And me and my brother and my mate from down the road would like literally press play and record and go over the same cassette just making stupid noises and banging things until. Eventually, we could afford a tiny little electric guitar from Woolworths. And then we, you know, we still banging things. And then the kid down the road, actually, his dad bought him a little drum kit. And it was playing around. You were literally mucking about, like when when you're a kid and you've got a canvas or a, a piece of paper and some watercolours, and you just, you play around with it. And then it starts turning into something. And I think one of the reasons why I stopped doing pig also was because it became a chore and it wasn't fun and I wasn't playing around with sounds. I was going, what the fuck am I going to do? What's the next album going to be? What am I going to write about? Oh fuck, I better take a shitload of more drugs to see how low I can go and see if I can find something m- revolting in myself to, <laughs> to, to, to write about how, how shitty society is or whatever. And And I think the idea of returning to kind of literally playing about with chords, sounds, notes, and ideas is, where it's at for me, do you know what I mean? That's where the creative thing comes from, and the spark can start from me and a guitar or a keyboard or some, you know, an idea that comes from watching the cheesiest TV commercial or the Shopping Channel or something like that. I don't know where it comes from, but it just sort of arises from somewhere. And as long as that's happening, I'm happy to run with it.
2: Hell yeah! And did, did the um, like you said with all the collaboration stuff, were you are sending tracks. Was that? How you wanted to do it? That sort well, of, no, we. All, of, I've been um, sending files like to people
0: that. since uh, since since I started working on the gospel because I wrote that with Dimar, um who was in Atlanta, and Mark, who was in uh, LA, and so we were sending back right then. I mean, I, to be perfectly honest, I prefer to be. Okay. I've always pr- much preferred to be sort of shoulder to shoulder or eyeball to eyeball with somebody when they're playing or singing or whatever, because you can conduct and uh, point out the articulations and the phrasing in a much more immediate way than when you have to speak to them over FaceTime or whatever the fuck, saying, oh, I like that bit when you did that. But you know that bit when you get to the third verse? Can you do it a bit like that instead? It's much easier to go, no, 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 no. Just you see that bit you're playing now. Play that a
2: bit. You know, and get a little a bit. You know, it's a little bit more intuitive. Did you hear about the experiment that they did last no. year called Poison Wind? It was like a quarantine experiment with music. Um, they got a bunch of artists, they collected artists from all over the place and um, told them they were mm-hmm. working on a project together, but they didn't tell any of them who they were working with. And they created like a, a bass. Yeah. I think it was a drum track was the the, the bass level. And they forwarded it to one person and said, add guitar. They forwarded it to another person and said, add vocals. for another person said, add whatever you want to add. And they, they did that with like all these songs, and eventually created a whole album. But until it was actually completed, oh, right. another single artist knew who they were uh, collaborating with the whole time. Um, and they made a, a whole album uh, that way with like I think it was like ten or eleven tracks, and it turned oh, out cool. You were really cool. But like every song is a, a, a different genre, pretty much. Um, it's all like it's all metal and stuff, but various subgenres. But yeah, I thought it was a really yeah. cool album. It's, it's yeah. an interesting yeah. experience yeah. to see. What you, you know, that sounds and like a good thing to
0: try out. But it's great. It's interesting to hear that actually. You say the end result was was listenable and, and enjoyable and, and interesting.
2: I really liked it. I thought it was a, a solid album. I mean, if I hadn't been told what they were doing with with all the collaboration stuff, and I just yeah. listened to it, I thought yeah. this is pretty. Yeah. This is a pretty solid album on its own, uh, just on its merits. But yeah, it's, it's cool to see people trying new things like that. Because I mean, this is like the time in history when you can actually do that type of thing. Uh, like twenty years ago, if you sold someone you're going to do that, like, what are you talking about? Like... Yeah. <laughs> like wait you're not the, all in not where you're
0: going with things <laughs> is what keeps what keeps it um, interesting and just being slightly unsure of whether it's um a complete disaster or not or or it's going to be great you know you, i think that's the thing that keeps it if you if you know exactly what you're trying to do i think well almost what's the point what's the point in doing it you know the early early KMTM recordings i mean when Sasha Kinesko, you know, I bobbed into him and he was like wanting to do things and I had this recording studio in Hamburg. And I said, well, I've actually just got this first little cheap sampler, why don't we bring that? I mean, things went in a completely different direction from maybe what he was imagining. And I didn't know where they were going. Nobody quite knew what was, you know, we didn't know if anybody would like this at all. Absolutely no, it? a lot of people didn't, a lot of people thought it was shit. But then I think when you're doing something that is quite new, it is a bit like stumbling into a a room and you've you know the lights are off and you don't know where any of the furniture is. You know. Uh it, and and that's that's no bad thing sometimes.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, uh, it's it's interesting that you asked uh mentioned the German stuff. Cause I actually really wanted to ask you. Um yep. I read online that you were uh living in Northland. Uh, I moved well, I moved to Hamburg for
0: a year and then probably 84 actually i can't remember exactly but i was sort of there for about five okay. and a half six years i was in in Hamburg for a year and then in the second half of the 80s i was in west berlin and left in mm-hmm. 90 and of course the wall came down was open well they opened the gate at checkpoint charlie on the 9th of november 89 and i that night i was working producing a band in a studios not far from mm-hmm. there and um and I got a call call from my then girlfriend, Anna, and she was going, we've got to come and get you then Check, 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 just opening Checkpoint Charlie. And they got we sort of arrived there like 15 minutes after it was open. There was this sort of flood of East Germans walking through. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a kind of weird time. It was a weird time. I And then surely afterwards we felt like leaving because it, I don't know, it felt a bit like the party was over because it was such an extraordinary place to live, West Berlin, at the time, uh, you know, with this sort of wall around it.
2: I was kind of curious about uh, what the the music scene was like in West Berlin prior to the war coming down. Well I was drawn there
0: because. What were things like like, um, musically back
2: then? What was the scene? I mean I was really
0: really fucked off living in London in the sort of the first part of the 80s and I didn't really relate to the kind of the music scene there very much at all and I somehow started working with I joined a band called Abverts, which was a sort of what's what was called a Neue Deutsche Welle Band, which was in, they called it in German New Wave. And we did some fun things. We made some cool recordings. Uh, we went on a, a joint tour with Johnny Thunders, which was fun. And um, and then I started working with a band called Anstutz and the Neue band as their sound person. But prior to that, I'd been working in the studio with one of the members of that band called um F.M. Einheit Mufti, and we did we were cutting tape loops and fucking around doing experimental shit with MS-20s, which were really nice synths that you could buy at the time, and bashing bits of metal and stuff. And that drew me to West Berlin, where there <laughs> were some great bands like Sprunghaus and Vulcan, who I worked with, and a band called Matador which was um, Good and good, and Bayas Bartel and Manon's band. They were they were a really cool, exciting band. Um, and there was, you know, there were, there were some interesting people on the scene. There was the Crime and the City Solution. Um, Nick Cave was there, of course. Various people. You'd, you'd sort of see, it, there was a sort of, it was a very small scene. Wow. Um, but everybody knew everybody. And it was all based yeah. around sort of two or three bars and, Blixer was the barman at a bar called the Risiko. we used to go to. Blixer was the singer in that band I used to know about. It was a very village-like scene. Um, We would, you know, there were a few bars that people hung out in. Mm -hmm. And when I say hung out, they were like, they weren't like bars. They were like, they were just like people's front rooms, with a back room with a few fucked up sofas. And people would stay there all night getting fucked up, go to another bar, but it was a very a very creative scene in the studio. There was a lot of cross, sort of cross-pollinization of bands, people working with one band and another band. I mean, I had a, I had a project, which was basically me and John Caffrey, who was a friend of mine and a producer, and we had this stupid kind of, it wasn't a dance project, it was just us fucking about in the studio called Two Cuts. It was a little bit house musicy, but it wasn't anything like house music. It wasn't dance music. You know, and then we were in the studio and, and I just called up Blixer. I said, Blixer, we're doing this ridiculous mm-hmm. record. Get your ass down here on second. And he came down and improvised and sang some stupid lyric about hating this kind of music. And we churned out a few records like that. So it was quite spontaneous, like, I suppose, <laughs> music scenes are anywhere. But because it was quite small, it was quite small, There was um, it was very easy to kind mm-hmm. of cross-pollinate. I don't know if that describes it, but
2: it was... It was, yeah, it was an interesting time. Awesome. Very cool. I, I, yeah, as soon as I read that, I knew I had to ask you that. I was very curious about it. Um, and the other thing I want to ask you about, um, I, I saw you told, uh, I think you headlined for Nine Inch Nails, right? Um, on the tour, that, that's how you got oh uh, yeah, um, um, yeah, sensation. I opened up his band, I think in 94
0: when they toured, um, around the uk and i think we did a few dates in europe with them and yeah it was it was a it was a fun time because they they were really firing on all four in those days i mean fucking up that was a shit hot band he had then with uh you know chris brenner on drums and all that lot and robin on guitar and yeah that was they were that was a fun time and then yeah he shoved out the next record
2: that's awesome so how did you um how did you come yeah, to I be like i've got this vague recollection prior, Pig he did a gig at the underworld come on
0: think it was the night before it was a year or so before as far as I remember or maybe two years before I can't remember. And I think nails were open- I may I may have this completely nails were opening for Guns N Roses at Wembley Stadium. And we were playing in a and I I knew his manager or the or who John okay. mom, their manager at the time. And they were staying with her in her flat in Camden and we were playing at the Underworld, and I think he came up and saw Pig, as far as I remember. Because I think someone said, there's a guy outside from called so-and-so don't know, who wants to come in. I mean, I may have this wrong, but I seem to remember he said, w- you know, um, I think he said, I think we were just about to play or just finished playing. and said, can he come in or something? And I think I said no or something. I don't know. But I, I, I think that's maybe how how it started. I may be wrong, but I think that's how it started.
2: You probably get asked this one all the time in interviews, but I am curious. Um, I mean, obviously your music's kind of inspired a lot of later industrial acts in some ways, but um, when you were for sort of first starting out with Pig and all your, your main stuff, what was well, the main I inspiration for your music as far as remember, other music um, in the
0: early days? I remember listening to Fetus in the early eighties and I thought that I was a little bit, I'd come back, I'd spent in 1981, I went to Japan with uh my sort of post-punk band, and there was some somebody had tried to turn us into a sort of new wave pop band, but it was absolutely shit. But I spent a lot of time in, in Japan in 1981, came back, and I was sort of really thought the music industry sucked. You know, I think I was 20 at the time, I just picked 19 I think I was 19 when I was there. We spent like five months in Japan, and it was great. I remember. I was impressed by Kraftwerk when they came in. I think they were on their radioactivity tour and they came in Tokyo then, and that was great. But after that, I was really I was sort of done with this idea of trying to make pop music. Um, I was really inspired by Jim Thurwell, and I just thought he was, I love the way he um, shamelessly, uh, you know, referenced, you know, sort of 60s, and some, that sort of idea of some Lalo Schifrin and Bernard Herman and those kind of 60s sort of themes that were, you know, TV theme tunes that were going around at the moment yeah. at that time that he referenced. And but also his lyrics were really it was a, his tongue was firmly in his cheek as well. And and he used there was a collision of genres there. And I found that was a really inspiring thing. And I think, you know, in the same way that he not, you know, shamelessly referenced or ripped off or whatever, you know, I, I, I definitely took, um, took a feather out of that, um, that quiver and I, and then luckily some years later I was lucky enough to bump into him in New York with Neubarton and I played in his band and we, he had an instrumental project called Stereo Maximus that I co-wrote some stuff for and was lucky enough to play in his live band, I think in 88 or 89, which had the guys from Swans in it and and stuff but that that i think he sort of kick started ah, awesome. my interest big, in doing music arms. again and then of course um there was a lot of interesting stuff around then at the time but i'm just you know referencing him because he he's, he's a really you know he's a bit of a one off a creative one off i mean i've I've not
2: with him for fucking 25 years but i still remember it made a big big impact on me back right then um brendan always has a couple of questions that he likes to ask. Um, they're kind of Brendan's fun ones, but uh, I'll let him quickly ask those. Um, Brendan, you, you still there? I haven't heard you in a little... Yeah, no, yeah. I'm here.
1: I've been just cool. listening. Um, no, so everybody has, like, kind of, you know, bands that, um, you know, musicians, I should say, you know, they're like, you know what? I want to open for, you know, like, this this band, and I think that we'd be, like, it would be, like, the the best thing ever, you know? Like like if you could open for any band, uh like Elias Jesus. Dead. Um God, um, I've never thought
0: about we, that. We, well we the we last band open I opened for, for was, was actually Killing Joke. Oh no, we did Three Teeth as well. <laughs> Killing Joke were great because uh they're just like such lovely guys and there's no fucking problems. They just go play as long as you want, do whatever you want, it's all fine. <laughs> I think there were a few strictures when you open for nails as far as I remember it's like you can't do this you can't do that but who would I like to play with a play uh, open for I've got no fucking idea actually I've never thought about it uh, probably the um, I don't know the London Philharmonic Orchestra before they play at the proms in London that's the best I can do
1: <laughs> right on right on and then uh what is, like, a band or, like, an artist that, you know, like, your guilty pleasure, you oh. know, like something that you'd, like, oh, you say your, your buddy shows up at the house. And no, you're no, like, no, no, no,
0: no. Oh, no, no, shit, no, you, you, slap, you. I, you turn it I, off I because you don't want to get few, caught actually. To it um, I mean, I love The Carpenters um, and, and more recent pop music. I mean, okay. I will listen to – do you know someone called Sia? I've heard some of stuff, which I really like. Um you know um yeah recently i've been listening to jimmy smith that g- g- famous hammond b3 player um all sorts i mean oh god do you know um, do you know a sort of heavy acid rock band called mountain from the late 60s from the west coast fuck me man they were fucking awesome like proper acid rock heavy shit um but I, in the, the more unusual ones would be yeah like yeah, just sort of see her, I suppose. I, she's got a great song called, is it called Chandelier that I really like? You know? Oh, is she? Yeah,
2: that's it.
0: Um, she's actually Australian. I love that song, man. I absolutely- Yeah, I think, I think she's, I, think from, ad, I, I want to say Adelaide. But I love that song. And then of course, the more sort of, I mean, though, okay. that, that would be, well, I suppose, yeah, I'd put that in that department of being sort of not what you would expect. But most of the time I listen to, I do really like a bit of, you know, nice. lovely, melodic, uh, Italian, Puccini type, Verdi opera, stuff like that. And some Wagner, I like listening to Richard Strauss, stuff like that. So I don't stay around here listening to Nine Inch Nails, I can tell you that.
1: nice.
0: nice. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. <laughs> more that, yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. And then um I was to say I got one more for you is the uh you know, you so you've done a couple collaborations with people. Oh, but is wow. there uh um, someone
0: that you would like to do a collab? Yeah, I'd like with? to do one with Sia. Someone like that. Or, or what's her name? Ariana Grande I, I heard one of really her know. songs. Yeah. Fucking hell man, she's got some pipes, hasn't she? She can sing. Yeah, no, I love I yeah, I love all that kind of stuff.
2: Any old, any old stuff, as long as it's good, I'll listen to it. And you, you might have mentioned it. I mean, in passing throughout the interview, but I was just curious. Out of everyone you've worked with, you what's like what? a favorite I mean, project or a I favorite really collaboration like... you did with someone? Generally, I
0: not, no, there isn't a favorite. There isn't a favorite, definitely not. But I do like some people. You get okay. things going in a direction where none of you could have imagined it which is the the great thing about collaboration. So, um, for example, when, when I was working with KMFDM, right, Sasha would sometimes just send me something. Uh, honestly, and often it's just like a, base, a baseline and a this and a that. And and I'd go, fucking hell, I, you know, if I'd written that, and I'm not being rude about him, but I'm just going, if I'd written that, I would have just put it in the bin, I, you know. But because we'd done stuff in the past and it had gone somewhere, I'd go, well, I'll persevere with this. and. Mm-hmm you know initially i'll be going well what's this you know what what the fuck am i supposed to do with this but then you keep persevering with it and then you start going oh i see all right i can do this and i wouldn't usually I, it's not the kind of thing that i would have come up with and then suddenly you've gone down a different avenue that i wouldn't have pursued if it had been just me so that's the thing about collaborations they take you into areas that that you wouldn't have gone into left your own devices because because often I'm too blinkered and too narrow, you know, in my thinking. I'm just going, you know, and I actually go, I can't see it. It's only because there are other people that, you know, the gate opens a bit more and you can see a bit further. So, yeah, um, um, all,
2: but I do like collaborating a
0: lot with people.
2: I kind of um, noticed just over the years that industrial music is one of those sort of genres where people do it a lot more than, um, I guess, other types of music and then remixes. Like yeah. remixes are huge. Um, um, I it mean, weirdly, I mean, I have quite a lot of remixes done for Pig, but
0: for some reason, the remixes that I get back with Pig, for example, are often they go off in a very, very different direction, and maybe it's because the raw material can be led in different directions. But yeah, it's it is a it's an interesting thing to hear a new interpretation of a song, and for, I think for for. The way, the reason it works with pig stuff, and I can't speak for other people, is more often than not, this is, is that the raw materials could be taken in so many directions and they're equally valid. Yeah. So it can be stompy or it can be thrashy or it can be textured and quite delicate and quite dynamic and, or all three. Um, and, and that's mm-hmm. sort of why I, I don't I don't think there's much point in doing them for the sake right. of the sake of doing them unless they're good. If they're good, then and they're interesting, then why the fuck not?
2: Yeah, and I mean, like i was listening to an album uh, by a band called Carrion and I, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're another industrial act recently, um, and they did on their latest album yeah. a remix of one of their songs, but they had three right. different industrial acts remix it for them. So there's four, four versions on the same album. And it's yeah. it's like, it's kind of crazy how it almost feels like a different song with every remix. Um, and it was done really well. But I think it's kind of cool that, like, that's the sort of thing that with industrial or electronic music in general is you can twist things. Well, just tweak a few things, you know what I mean? And it changes the whole feel of of the whole track
1: right like from dark ambient to like you know just making it like yeah i mean i know
0: exactly what you mean like, this so i did so this album not so much the last do. one but the, not pain is god but one called risen and there's and we i mean it was we got remixed and they're so fucking great the remixes we actually did two remix albums one was called stripped and whipped and the next one is stripped and ripped and i know there's just not enough time to listen, so I'm not gonna say you ought to check it out, but if you get a chance to listen to Risen, the album, um check out the remix album, or one of the remix albums, like stripped and ripped or stripped and whipped, because mm-hmm. they're different. Just like going, oh no, we can't put another remix album of Risen, but when mm-hmm. when the, when Giles at Armlight was going, let's do and let's we've got so many remixes, and they're so fucking valid, all of them. Um All I can recommend is if you want to hear stuff that's been really fucked with and taken in a different direction, check check that out. Check out the original and check out the remixes because I am staggered by how fucking good people are. When people send me remixes back of my stuff, I go, fuck, man, that's better than the original half the time. Literally, I do. I kid you not. I go, that is better than the fucking original. I wish I'd been able to do it like that. (laughs) That's my first. When they're good, that's what I think. I go, wow, I wish I could do that. You know, and I've been lucky. To, I've been lucky to have really good people. Ah, that's awesome. Rem- it. You know, we've got mm-hmm. good ones. Paying- you know, I've had some really fucking good people do stuff, and I just go, "Ow!" Oh, it makes the original look really shit when I hear their remixes.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I would assume that, like, if someone wants to remix it, it's because they like the original, and then like they want to like put their kind of their little touch onto it or whatever you know like so well I, you would hope would so assume we, that, that's
0: got you know, people that are doing, doing that. it really want to do it you know usually yeah. it happens in as much as i finish an album and the album gets finished and then okay. a little bit of water goes under the bridge and then we go you know so-and-so's offered to do a remix let's get one and then we get another one and then we go oh let's ask them and let's ask them and let's ask them and most people are up for doing it you know um well, I do, I, I mean, I don't know if this is a, a crazy thing to do, but I would like to do that thing where I just get right. the, the the stems, as they call them now, you know, and put them up yeah. in a zip, and just let anybody have a go at it, and see what happens. Do people do that? So just, you know, like the raw, just raw, raw material on, to play with yeah, well, uh, on a something... website on, on pigindustries.com or whatever the website is, and go here at the stems. If anyone wants mm-hmm. to remix it, grab them and do a fucking version and send it in.
1: Yeah, there's a You guy, can definitely uh, do
0: that.
1: I was going to say there's a guy named uh, Jared Dines who does guitars. He's a multi-instrumentalist. And what he does is he creates a riff. And then um, he has the internet basically do it their way. Um, And he had someone come in and they like, it just so many different artists and guitarists and um, whatever. Someone actually came back. I feel like they did it with like a, uh, like an electric violin and stuff like that, you know, like some really neat stuff. Like, all all the different styles and then uh what he does is you know he has people kind of vote on which one was their their favorite version of that riff you know but like the same great. riff yeah, being great. played that's by 12 great. different yeah. people and well it's, i think we're gonna have, have to twelve
0: like different sounds. sounds and it's all the same stuck some wings on the pig and flew it out into the general you know,
2: on the stems and just threw them out and just chop them willy-nilly and see what people did with them that could be uh quite a cool project. Yeah. I mean, if you just put something out on social media and all your platforms, be like, "I've just yeah, uploaded yeah, yeah. these files to my website." How that it? Um, you hey, listen, guys, I'm going to have cool, to scoot. Uh, is there anything
0: there. else that were any other oh, questions yeah. in the story? So I don't want to sort of cut you off and cut you short. But are there? No, no, that's it. The, um The only well, thing I, I was going to ask, no, no, ask at the end no, is, um, just do you have did anything up and coming for, um, that you want people who's listening to know? Guys, you know, recent bill from Frontline, um and so that that worked out well and that's been fun uh, i don't know if i'm supposed to sit on that well okay. anyway you've told you now so there you go i'm sure they'll be happy nobody said oh look big secret or anything i mean it's a fucking guest vocal on a track so that was, <laughs> that's coming down the pipeline um there's a bit of pig vinyl coming out with some stuff on and what else is happening yeah yeah uh re-looking at maybe re-releasing one or two of the old ones uh yeah Lots of shit happening and slowly getting new shit together as well of course yeah anyway listen it's been it's been really nice talking to you guys yeah, and <laughs> I really do appreciate the fact that you do the stuff you're doing it's so fucking great that people are doing stuff like this and, and it really it really is, it really is important just for the just culturally enriched things and, Thank you. and yeah. not just I spreading thought. the gospel and the word of kind of whatever you know whatever you're into but I think it's really it's really good that you're doing it, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me. Underground music. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye.
2: Fantastic. Well, thanks again for coming on, and uh, I think that's us for today. Uh, we should have another interview up sometime in the next few weeks, so keep stay tuned.